everyone and welcome to our online training defining transformation and how agencies can achieve it my name is emily jarvis and i'm the senior manager for events here at govloop and today i have the added pleasure of also being your moderator so thanks so much for joining me and a special thank you to our partners at ServiceNow for helping us put on this session so let's get right to it because transformation what is it? It's a word that gets tossed around in government leadership meetings all the time. But what does it actually mean? Is it about process improvements, technology modernization, workforce changes, all of the above, none of the above? Who, who the heck knows? Well, I know who knows, and it's our experts. And today they're going to help us by answering those questions. But before we get to that, I do have a few housekeeping items to go over with you all. First things first, if you're on Twitter, please share what you are learning alongside us using the hashtag GLTrain. We also have some great resources available for you on the console. So make sure you check those out. There's lots of great learning opportunities over there. If you do need that closed captioning feature, just look for the icon on the bottom right hand side of the media player. That's where my face is showing up right now to get that accessibility. Of course, we hope you don't have any technical difficulties, but they can and do happen. And if they do, send us a message through that Ask a Question tab. And my colleague, Maddie, we'll make sure to get your questions answered and here's the secret friends it's in that same portal where you can ask our experts questions so don't you dare be shy put your questions in early and often uh, because that's what we're here for we're here to get to the bottom of your most wanted questions get those answered finally we are recording this training so check your inboxes tomorrow because we'll email you a link so you can watch the entire session on demand or send it along to one of your colleagues all right, with all of that housekeeping out of the way, let me introduce you to our speakers. Joining us are Susan Little, who's the director for the Division of Records and Information Systems for the Centers for Medicaid and Med Medicare and Medicaid Services. We also have Freddie Diaz, who's the Deputy Chief Data Officer for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. We have Glormar Rupol Ballet, who is the Director of Product for the United States Digital Services in the office of the ex in the executive office of the president oh my goodness my brain today and last but certainly not least we have jonathan album who is the federal chief technology officer for service now uh, thank you all so much for joining us and <laughs> transformation as we said here at the top means a whole lot of different things so we're going to start off today by having all of our wonderful speakers define how they view transformation. And Susan, I'm gonna start with you. What is your go-to definition for what transformation means? Sure, thank you and good afternoon, everyone. Um, I would say um, that for me and for my team at uh, CMS, um, transformational change is really defined as strategic process change. Um, so very strategically um, approached um, for the transformation process. Perfect. Freddie, what does transformation look like to you or what does that mean? Yeah, and thanks again for having me. So I'd say for, for me, it's about building, in my case, better USDA or better government, but for mm -hmm. the future. So it's not meant to be a fleeting exercise. It's meant to be something that 
is long lasting and forward looking. Glormar, from your perspective, you're coming at it obviously from the digital services team. What does transformation mean to you and how do you define it for yourself and your team? Uh, first of all, hello, everyone, and thank you so much for the invitation. Happy to be here. Um, I agree that everyone has a different definition, and we're starting to see that already here. Um, so in the <laughs> government setting, for me, transformation is about the people that we serve and how we can deliver better government services. So that's the North Star of government transformation. The people that we serve must be at the center of everything we do. And I really believe that while we are transforming government, we must be intentional in making sure that we are transforming the way we serve demographics and communities that have been historically underserved mm -hmm. and that we can serve them in equitable ways. So keep in mind that even when we have a common North Star of serving the people, transformation can look very different for each level of uh, government and for each agency. So that is why so it, it's so important to define what transformation is in your context in simple terms. And I do have something more to add here. So something I want to highlight is that transformation is not exclusively about technology. You know, some some yeah. people, um, you know, have that technology focus um, when we talk about transformation. I've seen trans I've seen organizations that rush to buy the latest and greatest technology or are migrating their systems from an old platform to the cloud without really understanding the needs of the people that mm -hmm. they serve. So uh, many months or sometimes years later, and many millions of dollars of public funds later, it becomes obvious they didn't deliver, there are no results, we didn't solve any problems, um, and we didn't improve uh, government services because we were not understanding the needs of the people. I think that's so incredibly important um, to be thinking about, and it's definitely something we're going to get into um, as this conversation develops, uh, because I think all of us can agree that sometimes just buying something shiny and new isn't going to fix a bad process or um, a bad program um, that was not working properly in the first place. All right, Jonathan, you've got the hardest job here because you already have three definitions of transformation, and I'm not going to make yours be unique if it doesn't have to be, but how do you think about it and how do you define it? Sure. <clears throat> well, again, great to be here. I think the, the other panelists have started us off in a really strong way with their takes on it. And I, I see a little bit of everything they said in my perspective on transformation. I, I always think about it in, in sort of three phases. One is understanding what you have now. So <clears throat> you know what you need to change. You know, how does the workflow across the agency? How does the data flow? You know, what is the process for getting the thing done today? That baseline is so important because if you don't know what the baseline is, it's hard to know after you've quote unquote transformed if things are better, right? So understand <laughs> right. the baseline. <clears throat> and then when you have some mind share around, okay, this is how it works. Well, let's have the courage sometimes to change things so they work in a way that is going to provide that better service that Gorbar was describing. And that doesn't mean just the service to a citizen. It could be a service to another federal employee or mm -hmm. service to another federal agency. So, you know, what is the um, future look like? And then as you execute the project and you're measuring along the way to see that you're actually achieving change and you're achieving, 
you know, value for the technology or for the work you're doing. Now I think you have a sense that we've really transformed the way we get these outcomes, the way that we provide a service, the way um, the way things work in our agency, and we're more efficient or effective. But if you don't have that baseline up front, it's really hard to be able to measure that. And you know, if, if you're successful in measuring it and you can show the improvements, then the last part of transformation for me is that going out there and telling the story about mm-hmm. how you transform. Mm-hmm. So you can get more people interested in the work you're doing and you can get more uh, resources to do more change and more transformation. It's a very virtuous cycle, I think, when you do it right. I love it. For for me, I'll just say the word transformation, uh, I've got a 10-month-old and we're really into reading books right now. And the his favorite is The Very Hungry Caterpillar. And so it just makes me think of transformation uh, is like a butterfly and metamorphosis coming together uh, and making that uh, work in government um, as well, which is truly remarkable. So let's put this into context. Um, and Freddie, I'm gonna start with you. Do you have a use case or an example of a transformation that you've seen um, at your organization that can kind of help flush out your definition a little bit? Absolutely. And I think it really builds on you know the definitions we've heard so far. Um, mm-hmm. So while the use case I'm gonna share is a little bit of a technology driven, that's, that's just the start of the story, I think. So. Um, at the USDA, um, we have an enterprise data platform. And for us, that was a really transformative uh, event because prior to this, there was no um, enterprise data platform and USDA's various missions had to kind of figure it out on their own. They all had their own uh, way of, of delivering this. And you know what we were able to deliver is this platform that everyone uh, can use, common tool sets, uh, common framework, common language, and what that allowed us to do, and this is where I think the really big transformative piece came in, is since we're all using the same thing, uh, it really allowed us to invest in our federal data workforce and really boost our organic capabilities in data science. So that way we, were, we weren't just going out and buying, uh, like was mentioned before, that shiny tool. It was how do we uh, enable the workforce to be able to use our platform and really deliver that for a better USDA, either for USDA stakeholders external or even internal for uh, for better decision making within the agency. And for us, that um, that started before COVID, but COVID really acted as an accelerant. I, I think mm-hmm. with a lot of people acted as an accelerant for us to really see how why a enterprise offering was necessary instead of having to figure that out uh, within USDA's various missions um, across the that's a very cool example. Uh, and I think all of us could probably say uh, COVID accelerated some of this stuff, uh, but it isn't the only reason for sure that it is happening. Um, but it's good to see that kind of push in that direction. Uh, Glorimar, from your perspective, um, do you have a use case that you think would, would help kind of illustrate your view on transformation? Yeah, and actually I will use um, uh, a use case from my previous state level experience that might be for for this audience so it's about the driver license renewal so Mm -hmm. in most cases (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is a service offered by the department of motor vehicle or department of transportation in my previous role um, with this use case we started the transformation journey of the dmv 
We studied the current process in place, the systems and technology, the federal and state policy. And of course, again, going back to what I already said, like the needs and challenges of the people and the experience also of the DMV mm-hmm. workers. So we discovered that there were other related use cases that were critical to transform the driver license renewal and for that to work in the digital world. And some of those other related use cases were about giving and paying traffic fines. Mm. So we were able to, in summary, you know, we were able to simplify the experience of the people, a process that could take hours and sometimes even more than one day, people had to Mm -hmm. visit different government offices to get their driver license and pay their traffic fines. Um, Now it's something that you can do in a few minutes online from home without going to the DMV. And also all traffic fines are digital from the beginning. You will see, well, no one wants to see a traffic (laughs) traffic fine, but you you will see it in real time in your DMV portal and you can pay those fines immediately. And before, again, like it took months for you to see Mm -hmm. your traffic fine records because it had to be digitized and all this delay costs like all types of challenges when you had to renew your driver license because there were pending fines again. So anyway, in summary, this saved hours of time to our people, saved millions of dollars to the DMV and the police department uh, that they don't need to manage and store physical traffic fines um, records anymore, among other things. And now um, this is um, in the case of Puerto Rico, uh, more than 2 million people in Puerto Rico now use this system That is uh, most of the population that is eligible to drive. So it was a very successful transformation that, again, was just that starting point of transforming other DMV services. That's a very cool example. I'll say Maryland also has that digital ticketing um, and someone's husband, AKA mine, got a speeding ticket the other day uh, that came in the mail and I was very happy it wasn't on me uh, because most likely it was mine, but in this case it wasn't. All right, Susan, tell us about some of the transformation efforts going on um, at your organization. Absolutely. You know, I think all these examples um, just show how much transformation is happening across Mm -hmm. the federal space and the state level as well. Um, I know we've talked about how transformation doesn't have to be a technology example. However, I would say today, there's always a piece of our mission and our program that we're doing transformation on that may touch on technology. So at CMS, you know, we see ourselves as really the largest healthcare insurance agency in the world, if you will. And uh, we believe in healthcare for everyone. So as a government agency, our stakeholders are very vast and represent the American people. So the program that I manage at CMS is the Records Information Management Program. And with that said, um, individuals in in my program have been uh, dealing with transformation for a number of years now. Most recently, we have a federal directive mandate from OMB and the National Archives. The mandate is the M2307, so that all federal information is transformed from prior existing analog paper-based processes and procedures to completely technological IT processes. So with regard to our transformation, there are a number of things we have to look at to make sure that we can really address all of our stakeholders. 
the internal stakeholders for our programs and mission, as well as the external stakeholders. And in CMS's case, um, there are a number of uh, workflows that are being addressed um, under my program. The first one is really um, to uh, do a gap analysis of the workflows for our records information management program, and then to do a business process uh, modeling and mapping of each of the existing as-is models uh, to show how the mapping will lead us to the, f- the future to-be model of the program. And as part of that transition, and we typically say that we are building the airplane as flying on it at the same time. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of where we are in you know this field. But we have workflows, for example, uh, that include massive warehouse uh, filled with paper. And part of our transformation is to basically remove the paper records that still uh, require uh, longevity and management to the National Archives, the Federal Records Center. And at the same time, those paper records that have met their disposition, we have destroyed them with the shredding process. That said, um, all of the processes in place for our life cycle management are now being addressed in a um, electronic strategic information plan and framework so that our processes and procedures would apply, for example, in an authority to operate process, in a process where we look at uh, requests for decommissioning of IT systems, uh, in requests for uh, migration of data to um, cloud-based systems or also to data lakes in a data center perspective. So with that said, though, all of that mapping internally affects our internal stakeholders. And we've been very um, thoughtful about crafting our communication message, not only for the staff who have changed as part of their jobs, but in terms of our stakeholders, whether those stakeholders are attorneys at HHS or Department of Justice with active civil litigation, or whether they are um, contractors who hold IT data for us, or if they are members of the public wanting to get uh, specific records as part of the FOIA process. So that would be like a high-level overview, but transformation is very important to us with all of our information. Definitely. All right, Jonathan, you have once again the final slot here in a transformation, and I know you're coming at it from a different perspective, but any sort of examples you would want to share with some of your government partners? Yeah, of course. Uh, So actually, I don't think it's, I I think going last is great because (laughs) all, no, the examples are so good. You know, it's spurring ideas in me and uh, helping me to remember some things that I've worked on in the past. And I'll just note to Freddie, um, I don't, we haven't really interacted before, but I I was formerly the CIO for the Department of Agriculture. And uh, when I was there, we didn't have the data platform that you described that came after I left with a very strong team built that. And the fact that COVID could spur that kind of coming together of a very large, complex, highly federated department, you know, I think that that's a, an incredible change that um, 
they were able to do. And then that, that's real transformation. Mm -hmm. So I just note that, you know, listening to this, I, um, I'm very proud of the team that was there that did that, worked with a lot of them before I, before I left. But I'll note that the um, customer experience executive order that came from the administration, mm -hmm. um, you know, several months ago, a year and a half ago, you know, that's, I think, really spurring uh, transformative change in the way people experience interacting with their government. And, you know, so often it's those kinds of experiences that change the way we think about government that can spur trust in government, rebuild it where, where it lacks. And, you know, ServiceNow has been, um, you know, essential to several different projects that have come out of that executive order. One um, I want to touch on, because I do think it's a, it's a really important transformation. Uh, we work with the Fish and Wildlife Service at the Department of the Interior on their e-permits application. And, you know, it's called e-permits, so that helps you understand it's electronic now, but it wasn't always electronic. For a long time, if you needed a permit to uh, do research or some other kind of activity in a um, national park or, or wildlife refuge area, that you had to complete that permit um, completely offline, send in a paper check to pay, and you had to wait for your permit to come back. And, you know, we brought that. Uh, process online using ServiceNow with uh, the department with the uh, Fish and Wildlife Service, and it's been a really transformative change. People can now interact with their government in a way where their work life looks more like their real life, and mm -hmm. I think those are the kinds of things that people really notice and they think about and is meaningful to them when you're thinking about it from a customer's perspective. And you know, the goal long term with Fish and Wildlife is to bring more and more and more permits on and make it such that program areas can bring on permits without having to go through IT using low code capabilities and other kinds of you know prepackaged um, you know uh, ma materials and, and templates and things of that nature. And you know that that makes it even more transformative because now the work is can get done in a different way. The work can get done not through the funnel of a CIO office or a contractor, but you know, in a in a program area using quote unquote citizen development, delegated developers, utilizing low code in a way that we talk about as being really transformative. So I, I love I love the work we've done with Fish and Wildlife for a number of reasons, but I, I do think you know the transformation aspect of it is really significant. Very cool. All right. I have a whole laundry list of questions for the four of you, but I want to remind our audience that we're here to answer your questions. So if you've been holding back, feel free to throw a question into the Q&A portal. But Glormar, I'm going to start with you. I think one of the challenges often around the transformation, modernization, whatever word you want to put on it, is that there's so many different opportunities and things to change and update, but you can't actually do them all. How do you think about prioritization when it comes to transformation initiatives? First of all, I love this question. <laughs> so establishing priorities and focusing on executing those priorities is one of the most important aspects of a successful transformation initiative. Else, it will be very messy. It's still messy, but it will be very messy and hard to show meaningful results. We all get excited. We want to transform everything at the same time. That will not work. You know, we need ruthless prioritization. Again, else we will all be very busy, but not focused and nothing will happen. And I have seen this happen many times before. So yeah. 
as, and this is my perspective now as director of product at USDS, I want to highlight how critical the role of the product manager is to prioritize effectively. Mm -hmm. At USDS, product managers lead some of the most complex and challenging transformation projects, including some of the ones that were mentioned related to the um, executive um, order for, for mm -hmm. customer experience. And they are responsible for their prioritization efforts and building momentum and are focused on executing and or execution and delivering results through many obstacles. So from a very high level perspective at USDS, we prioritize for the greatest good, the greatest amount of people in the greatest need. And we use a human-centered research and design approach to inform our prioritization process. So we start our transformation initiatives with a discovery phase or a discovery sprint. So this is when we also make sure we understand, again, the needs of the underserved demographics that I mentioned before. Many organizations skip this step completely sometimes because we have no time for that we don't really understand we already mm -hmm. know what we need to fix my recommendation do not do not please do not skip this step again it's one of the most essential steps in the transformation process this is the time we dedicate to understand the problem space identify challenges and the needs of all the people involved it's essential to prioritize so again to summarize identify the needs of the people that we serve. And with this info, have people with the right skill set, like product managers leading the prioritization effort and then focus on execution of those priorities. So Freddie, if you are following Gormar's perspective on prioritization, one of the keys here is you're gonna need budget and you're gonna need resources in terms of personnel, tech, whatever the case might be. Sometimes that's allocated for you. Sometimes you have to get creative. How do you think about sort of funding transformation efforts? Absolutely. I think I really wanna build on, on her answer because if you don't have a good idea of what the priorities are, if you're not looking at it from the perspective of the customer, getting funding sometimes can be difficult because you're getting funding for something that may not be an optimal priority for the organization. So sometimes getting funding can be, you know, I, I've seen successes really in two ways. One, assuming that you have, you know, tried to get the requirements of your customer, assuming you've done all that legwork, at, at some point it's gonna be about really telling a narrative, telling a story about what, like when you look at transformation, where are you looking to go? What is the vision in the next, uh, whether it's three years, five years, what would you hope to deliver at the end? And beginning with that end state in mind and going backwards. So being able to say, if we're able to deliver these things, we're able to now gain these new capabilities, close these gaps, address these concerns, and then say, here's how funding can help along the way. So that way we now have, you know, we're out, we're kind of painting a picture that vision can be done in various ways. Sometimes it's aligning to strategic plans of the agency or the department. In my case, uh, being in the in the data space, for us, it's aligning to the USDA's data strategy as well as our IT strategic plan and USDA data uh, USDA strategy. Making sure that we're pointing to those big initiatives and then saying, now that we have alignment on where we want to go, now what will it take to get there? And being creative not just on asking for money, but also how you're asking for money. And this is where, 
you know, leveraging um, different funding opportunities. For example, for those of us in the Fed yeah. space, like the Technology Modernization Fund as a potential avenue, mm -hmm. but also other creative ways of, of trying to uh, fund efforts, whether it's through partnerships in your organization. So it could be that you're not the only one with the idea, but someone else may already have the check that's already cleared. So how do you partner with other uh, arms of the organization to get your initiatives off the ground? So really starting with that vision in mind, that end state, going backwards, and then saying how funding can help you get to your various levels. I love that. Find the person who already has the check. I'm going to keep that in mind uh, for a, a whole host of uh, ideas. But I think that's uh, it's really good advice across the board um, there, Freddie, and, and how to sort of think creatively about the process. So, Susan, if you've got your priorities, you've figured out some funding avenues. Now we've got perhaps, and I don't want to speak for the group, but I would say perhaps one of the biggest challenges of all, which is getting everyone to do something differently. Um, from a cultural perspective, how do you get folks to buy into, whether it's a new process or a new technology, how do you get your team actually invested in doing things differently? So that's a great question. Um, Transformation isn't something that will succeed if it's in a silo. You know, I think Freddie mentioned that the way to get things done is to really understand who the stakeholders are and to have partnerships. Because of the partnerships, our kind of um, overlap in our program initiatives can bring added value to each other and to our programs. So with that said... Um, we need to, and what I've been doing at CMS is working on a communications plan because the communications plan needs to tell everyone outside of our program what change, what transformation has happened. What does that change look like? What is it? Where are we now? And what does that look like in the future? And then in terms of roles and responsibilities, how does that communication plan um, address issues of changes in the resources like the staff who will be doing the work? How does that communication plan um, address issues of individuals who might be, let's say, points of contact in different groups or components? Or how, how does that um, communication plan address how the government puts uh, contracts out to mm -hmm. the commercial space? for, in my case, uh, information technology projects. Um, the communication plan um, at CMS, we've looked at multiple ways of working on that. We've wanted to have um, trainings that are on the spot, video trainings that are snippets, the way you might see them in YouTube or TikTok, where they would address unique bits of information more traditional slide de deck trainings to provide high-level material. Um, communication outside of our community, communication to groups who weren't necessarily part of our community to inform them about how we are transforming. So I would say that how we talk about transformation and involving the staff who will be part of that transformation so we all speak the same language, very key to this process. 
I think you're absolutely right. Jonathan, anything that you would add to this conversation around priorities, funding, and then getting people on board? Well, I would <clears throat> I'd start by saying, if you're not thinking about all three of those aspects of your project or the transformation you're attempting to do, you're likely to fail because they're all equally important. And um, just on the priorities, you know, there's a lot of ways to think about what's most important. But I love what I heard about, look at the agency strategic plan, look at an executive order, look at what the secretary is saying. There is a lot there, you know, for, for those of us in the technology space or in the, in, the, um, in the government tech space or in the contractor community, working government is hard, but it's easy in the sense that all this information is public. We can go and listen to congressional testimony. We can read the budget. We can read the executive orders. We should have a good sense of where the priorities are, right? So we think about the work that we're proposing or the work we're doing in government. We should have a pretty good uh, set of guidelines. So it's it's out there. So I think the, the comment there is do the research. Do the work. Mm -hmm. Don't guess, right? You don't have to guess. And then, you know, in terms of uh, getting, getting people on board, you know, Susan's describing in terms of a communication plan is really – is really key and i think it you know has to go even further than that i've seen the most successful projects uh, you know have literally years of socialization of these ideas government agencies don't change quickly and people who have been in agencies a long time don't change fast so there's an effort to continue to talk about these things to get people on board it's not just a uh, a one-time conversation. And I think that's what I'm trying to say. You have to continue to have that conversation. It's not simple to say it, or it's not sufficient to say it once and get, and everyone's going to know it, know that this is important. And I think when you have that conversation, it's also about making it important to, to the group or the individual you're speaking to. How does it impact, you know, what they care about? What's their personal value in this conversation that you can, tie your project to or maybe talk about it in terms of reducing risk or prog increasing program integrity or there's lots of ways to shape the work we're doing so people see you know that they have a role in it and you know and i think if you're prioritizing right and you're making it important the funding piece doesn't necessarily take care of itself we know that budgets can can be challenging but every year there is, there is money to do projects their money gets spent on things all the time. And, you know, if you're making the business case and talking about alignment and you're talking about the, the value to the agency or to an individual program manager or so on and so forth, when when you rack rank all the projects at the end of the year and there's end of year funds or the technology modernization fund is mm -hmm. looking at projects and you can make the case that, you know, this is this is the benefit and this is why and how it aligns. You know, it's not a guarantee, but I mean, you're more likely to get funding than a project that hasn't done that that work. So I think there's a strong relationship between these between these elements. And you know, it's just a really good you know question and and perspectives provided to the audience in terms of how to think about their work in a way where they can actually have the resources to get it done. Love it. All right. We are rapidly running out of time, but I've got a ton of questions left. So we're going to do these final rounds of questions here <laughs> in rapid fire format. And Susan, I'm going to start with you with the next one. 
I think sometimes when we talk about transformation, and oftentimes it's true, it feels really big. You know, we are changing, um, you know, the way we input information or we're updating to Glorimar's perspective, the driver's license example. How on an individual level can can things be transformative? Can you have a transformation project for yourself, for your team? Or is transformation more sort of these big ticket items? Uh, so to answer quickly, you can use transformation for individual levels as well as you can extrapolate it to much larger enterprise-wide and, um, you know, government levels. Uh, mm -hmm. An example very quickly of how transformation is done at an individual staff level. Um, so when, when we have transformation, we talked about the communication plan mm -hmm. that's generally viewed as external to the transformation of the program that um, is the one in question. However, for the staff who actually do the work from a supervisory point of view, we need to work on ch making changes to their position descriptions that reflect the work change to um, look at the job series, because in the federal government, individuals are hired based on a job series to determine is the job series that that person is currently in sufficient for this future transformation to also look at how they're reviewed and the review qualifications that they're measured against. And are those things also changed to reflect individual transformation? We need to, from a supervisory perspective, look at those people resources to ensure that transformation is successful at the higher levels. I love it. So, Glormar, if I do all of these things, um, and I'm thinking through this process, how do I measure if this is successful? Can I measure if this transformation effort is successful? What are some metrics that you look at? Yeah, well, I think success will, will really depend on the nature of the organization and the services offered. Um, but I suggest we always have some metrics related to service delivery. Again, I have been talking about this Nervous <laughs> focus all the time. And this can be outputs, outcomes, or impact metrics. Impact can be very abstract and hard to determine and measure for most organizations because there is no, there's not always a clear line between the work you're doing and the long term impact to the people. And it takes longer to measure, but you need to be intentional about measuring success. Um, in your particular transformation effort. So I'm not giving any specific example again, but just saying, yes, it is important. Else it's like, wh what are we doing here? You know, what's the transformation about? So that would be my, my quick uh, answer there. No, I, I think it's so true. And, um, you know, we had uh, someone on from the state of Missouri a couple of years ago who worked in trash pickup. So her, her job was coordinating with residents to make sure that their trash was being picked up on time. And she was like, my metric for success is not hearing from anyone. <laughs> um, and so many organizations, you're trying to solicit feedback, right? Like you wanna hear what your constituents are saying. And she was like, if no one's talking to me, we're doing a good job. So I, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Exactly, that that's a good, 
definitely that's a good metric and at the end maybe the long-term impact is that people have a better quality of life i don't know right. it's, it's harder maybe to see the connection between both but you have to measure something depending on your type of service yeah freddie anything you would add to that sort of measurement or metrics conversation yeah definitely you know it, it can be difficult um i'd say you know this is where on the I'm supposed to say the data stuff as the deputy CDO, and I, I think that's definitely something we should do. Uh, but also, you know, in the storytelling aspects, uh, being able to like show where you've made an impact that's less about metrics and more about, you know, how you know like anecdotal examples, especially ones that you can highlight to say we were not able to do this before. So I think combining the two allows you to say whether this, this is a success, especially where it's difficult to measure progress. Then that's then that's where getting anecdotal, getting with uh, success stories, can be even more powerful than than before. So, Jonathan, if you're listening to this whole conversation today, which we know that you are, where do we go from here, right? Because you could transform on transform on transform. What do you expect to see in sort of the the next evolution when it comes to you know, government transformations. Oh, I think you're on mute. I can't hear you. Oh, my apologies. No um, worries. I, I think that uh, I, I like the way you phrased your question because there is no um, doubt that we're going to continue to be transforming, right? <laughs> There's always, it's a never ending thing, right? Because, you know, we're always trying to improve our agencies and our programs and the way we do our work. And that's a really, you know, natural and I think very healthy instinct. My, my hope for the future, though, is that, you know, these projects um, and these efforts come to completion before we start the next one. Mm -hmm. I worked in government mm -hmm. for a long time. And, you know, very often government projects have, a, you know, lifespan of could be the CIO, could be the administrator, could be the secretary, could be the administration. And we don't always set things up in a way where they're going to come to fruition. All the great work we're doing in the executive order uh, on, on uh, either cybersecurity or customer experience, there's lots of great work happening. Um, and a new group could come in in the future and say, we want to do different work. And these projects that have been our focus and a priority, like we just talked about, suddenly they're not. Right? So mm -hmm. I'd like to make sure, I'd like to see you know, uh, us have the discipline to finish the work we start or, you know, maybe conclude it in a way if we, there's something more important, but it's not just a, um, a rough ending, you know, that there mm -hmm. is a very clear determination of the value we produced, outcomes achieved, things got better, or they didn't. Sometimes projects don't achieve the results and, you know, it's okay if we recognize that and do better the next time. But we're closing these things out and building on them as we do future transformations. And I recognize that the nature of government is, um, of, of course, political, right? And mm -hmm. things will evolve over time. But again, I sincerely hope that the way things evolve uh, builds on all the work we've done. And we do have a good history in the recent past on, uh, you know, IT across administrations continuing to, you know, build, but not fully, right? You know, we mm -hmm. could do maybe, maybe more there. So in, even inside an agency, it'd be great to see the connectivity between efforts over time and be able to tell that longer term story. Because I think as we're, you know, out there telling our stories to the public, um, 
you know, are, are about the stories about how government is doing good work for citizens. We're doing good work in support of, uh, you know, the the life journeys that we're talking about in the EO, that we're making government easier and more accessible, that we're, we're building trust along the way. Because, you know, you build trust in little drops. You can lose it in, in buckets. It's just one bad experience and, you know, tr- the trust is gone. So people look at these projects that we start and they don't hear that they finished. And, and I think that erodes trust. And so it's just so much harder to have the government that we want and have people engaged in government and the outcomes. So I'd love to be able to tell that transformation story over multiple administrations, multiple uh, administrators, multiple CIOs, so we can be very uh, intentional about showing people how we continue to get better. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and we will definitely hope um, and and work towards that because you are absolutely right. Sometimes it feels a little like priority whack-a-mole, like you're hitting one down and another one pops up and you're like, I don't, I don't even know which way I'm supposed to be facing anymore. Um, so that makes a whole lot of sense. All right, Susan, final question over to you. We've talked about a lot of things when it comes to transformation today. What do you want attendees to walk away thinking about knowing um, in this topic area? I would say very quickly that they should understand that transformation is about the people, the people who are doing the work or the people that we are providing services to. And that's what transformation is. Many times we use technical uh, solutions or technology to provide that, but it's about the people. That would be my answer. Thanks, Emily. No, thank you. People at the heart of it. I think we can all agree to that. Freddie, what should we be thinking about as we log off today? Yes, I love that that answer about the people. I would say, you know, to, to even build on that, like, you know, we all seen dominoes fall, you know, the, starts with one domino dropping i think we can all be that single domino to start that chain reaction and you know that those changes that will outlast even our time in government so start now start small start today with transformative efforts i love the spirit there freddie uh glorimar what should we be thinking about of course, you already all know that I will agree that it's about the people, the people that we serve, the people involved. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. people urgently need better government services. So um, just, I mean, transformation is hard, it's complex, but it can be done. My formula is have a team with clear roles and a persistent champion that can lead with empathy and tenacity through obstacles. Be clear on what you're doing and keep the message simple. Focus and prioritize and iterate and deliver results. So there it is. I love it. Uh, I feel like that could be like a slogan for a bumper sticker or something. All right, Jonathan, you said you liked to go in last before. So let's see how you feel about it now. What should folks Uh, be thinking about? Yep. So uh, definitely it's about the people we serve and the people who work in government. And I think if you're attempting a transformation, it's really important that you're thinking about how you're going to measure those outcomes. We've talked about that before and how you're going to show value, how you're going to create value for those people. So ultimately that's what it comes down to. What did you do to make the agency, the program, the experience better? Why, why was the transformation a good use of taxpayer funds? So be thinking about that the whole time. 
You all have given us some great things to be thinking about as we log off today. Unfortunately, though, we are out of time. I want to thank our four terrific speakers for sharing their insights with us today. I loved learning about all of your transformation efforts, and I know our audience did as well. I do have a few quick reminders before everybody logs off, though. First things first, if you haven't, go ahead and take a look at the resources that are in the Resource Center on the console. There's lots of great learning opportunities over there, so you're not going to want to miss out on a single one of those. Uh, and this session will also be available on demand. So if you want to watch it again or send it along to one of your colleagues who maybe needs a little nudge on their transformation initiatives, by all means, please feel free to send it along. But on behalf of GovLoop and ServiceNow, I hope you enjoyed this session. And as always, we really appreciate and value the work that you do. So thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us this afternoon. We'll see you at our next training and have a great rest of your day. Bye. <laughs>